everyone to homeschool.com 2007 Winter Homeschooling Teleconference. Uh, batting cleanup today is Pat Wyman talking about how to win the school game. Uh, my name is Rebecca Kokenderfer, and I'm your host for this event. So many of you already know Pat Wyman. Uh, she's a longtime supporter of the homeschooling community. She's donated so many of her instant learning strategies to us, and we want to thank her for that. Uh, Pat Wyman is the founder of HowToLearn.com, a best-selling author of Learning versus Testing, Strategies that Bridge the Gap, and the Instant Learning Book Series. She is also known as America's Most Trusted Learning Expert, and for a very good reason. Uh, Pat created a program called How to Win the School Game, which we'll be talking about today. It's a manual with eight audio CDs to help parents give their children the strategies they need to succeed on written tests, get better grades in every subject, and get a leg up on getting into college. Uh, welcome back, Pat. Thank you so much for being with us. You've been with us many times before, and each time the feedback from our listeners has been extraordinary. So we're going to have plenty of time. We'll leave plenty of time for our listeners to talk to you personally. So uh, callers, go ahead and get a piece of paper out there. You'll need plenty of paper and have that ready to take notes like I'm doing right now. Thank you very much for being with us, Pat. Well, thank you for inviting me back, Rebecca. As I said, it's always a pleasure to be here with you on these teleconferences. I absolutely love it, so thank you. So you've uh, helped us in the past on spelling strategies for bad spellers, uh, handling learning disabilities, uh, learning styles. Um, callers, her interviews are available in our archived interviews. If you go to homeschool.com, you can order those. They're just a dollar each, and that way you can burn your own CD or take them to an MP3 player, but they're really excellent. But today, Pat, I'd like to talk with you specifically about your book and CD program on how to win the school game. Uh, so why did you call it that? Well, Rebecca, you know, every child can and deserves to succeed in learning, whether it is in homeschooling, in, you know, public schools or in private schools or any type of learning situation. And I know that that can happen. I wanted to take the mystery out of learning and give parents and their children a blueprint so that they would have a master plan for a lifetime of learning success. Because so many times, as you know, we've talked a lot about this in the past, so many times, you know, children and parents have content that they want to learn, and there is no real master plan in the how part of that. It's the how to learn that's so critical to providing the foundation for learning. Because once a person understands the how, and that in involves several strategies that are very easy to, to, to learn, then they can easily learn whatever they choose to. And there are so many different learning styles. And I wanted to create something that would cover this and provide this master system for how to learn and help everyone achieve their goals in learning. So um, so some of our um, callers, can they go to their computer right now and see this? They can go to www.howtolearn, that's H-O-W-T-O-L-E-A-R-N.com, and then slash coachingstudents.html. Is that correct? That is. And uh, if people are going there, there's a, a little uh, thing that will slide in that will give you a free online CD of the first live coaching session. I've done several of these coaching sessions now uh, live and personally, and there were, you know, uh, just a, a really wonderful group of parents and their children and also some learning coaches on these live calls, which we've recorded to give help to as many parents and teachers and coaches as possible and all of the students as well. So on that page, howtolearn.com forward slash coaching students dot html, uh, that first free CD is available there for you. So you can just kind of listen in on that first call. And if you listen all the way through, the tracks are there in three-minute segments just to make it easy and convenient for your time schedule. So what do you um, cover in How to Win the School Game? 
Rebecca, I, I, know, I know you've coached students and their parents for these eight weekly sessions, you know, and, and they had a chance to learn so much. Can you tell us what you're covering? I can. I, you know, I'm going to go through. There are eight sessions. And I'm actually going to go through what those are and what the items are because these are the most basic, fundamental, and foundational things that will help children succeed when they want to learn anything. So in the first session, it's called Learning the Rules of the School Game. Now, when I say school game, I literally mean, you know, like I said before, homeschooling, you know, any kind of schooling whatsoever. And it's called the hidden power behind your personal learning style. So we cover what we call the old school myths and the new school rules and, you know, what's in it for the person who's listening. And also we cover how to read material in a fraction of the time, how to remember it, and very importantly, learning styles, why they're so important, what your child's learning style is. And I say, why is it finding like, why is it finding hidden gold? And why does it matter so much in their life? That's coaching session number one. Coaching session number two is helping people understand about these written tests and how to help children perform better on them. Because they do have to take written tests for many, many reasons throughout their schooling career and academically, and I know even my daughter, who's going to graduate from medical school, is still taking written tests. But you need to understand how to take a written test, how to study for it, and then how to retrieve the information when you need it during that particular test. So in coaching session two, we cover sort of how to match the learning part of it, the memory part of it, and then how to retrieve it when you need it during the test. Pat, do, um, do test takers get dinged for having bad handwriting? Uh, it depends on the kind of test. That's a great question. I was thinking of these written tests. I mean, if you have pretty handwriting, I suppose the test score probably couldn't help it but score it higher. Well, you know, you know, having been in education for as long as I have, um, the truth is, is there are multiple kinds of written tests, and some include these essays. And many studies do show, believe it or not, that handwriting counts to the person who's reading it. And so um, if a person has difficulty with handwriting, like my son does, he has something called dysgraphia, which makes it very difficult for him to actually write neatly, in fact, almost impossible, um, it's very helpful to ask for the, the ability to use a computer or have a note taker actually write that particular section for you, and that can be easily done. Oh, oh, that's excellent advice. So that was a really good question because it does, it does matter. And as you know, you know, when you read something from someone that's handwritten, if it's easy to read, you know, it's just something that you, you would prefer to spend your time on. And what read about it. Bad spelling. Are they, are they dinged for bad spelling? Uh, many of them, you know, depending on these essays uh, for these written tests, many times, absolutely. Okay. So not every single one, but most of them, yes, that's actually the case. So what is on the third CD? Uh, well, on I just wanted to mention one more thing. On the second one, uh, I show you how to eliminate what I call the pesky test-taking jitters. Sometimes kids know the material before the test, and then they get nervous, and I show you how to sort of eliminate that. That's very, very important. And on the third CD, a very highly, let's see, a question that, that is asked on a regular basis is about motivation. So it's about how to get motivated, how to get more free time, and if your child happens to have ADD, ADHD, how to turn that into a special gift. There are very specific and practical strategies for that on every one of these CDs. And then on the fourth session, we talk about memory rules that you never learned in school. Now, I know that you've covered memory in other teleconferences, and memory rule, there are very, very, very long-term, long-proven memory strategies that people can use that are so helpful so when you want to remember things during any kind of a test, whether you're doing it during the homeschool day or whether you're doing it to get into college 
or whether you want to take the CLEP exams so that you can finish high school sooner. Um, those kinds of memory rules are very helpful. Uh, in the fifth session, we talk about how to be a spelling bee champion, and I know we've talked about that before on these calls, with an Ivy League vocabulary and also how to speed learn another language. And I know so many people want to do that. Uh, and then we just have three more sessions. Uh, in six, we cover math and what we call music and how music makes you smarter. And in Coaching 7, we talk about some formulas for studying and something called extremely excellent essay writing formula, which is just wonderful. And on the last session, about how to build the foundation before you put on the roof. So rules for remarkable reading and brilliant brains and complete confidence. And then we included a calendar um, that's a, su a success calendar that will help you know what to do when and then how to plan and how to be sure that you're successful using all of these strategies. Well, that's good. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say about those, Pat? Well, those are the things that we're, you know, those are the things that we're actually uh, covering in the sessions specifically. And what's really good is because these were live sessions with real parents and real kids and students, they have very typical questions that are the kinds of questions that most of us have every day, and they get answered. And the very, very nice thing is that... Um, they will give you specific information uh, from parents who are in your exact same position, students with, with your particular needs, et cetera. So that's one of the nice features about this particular program. And you mentioned uh, spelling bee champions, and there are a lot of homeschoolers who win the National Spelling Bee. Can you share with us a few of the techniques that these spelling bee champions use you know, in order to achieve so much in that area? Well, I'd really love to. The, the spelling of the person, think about yourself, callers. Think about when you go to retrieve a word or recall a word in your mind. Ask yourself, you know, am I a good speller? Just think about it for a second. And think about how you do it. Now, spelling bee champions have one strategy. It's very specific. And what they do is they actually see a picture of the word in their mind. And the reason that sounding words out is not a helpful technique is because there are so many words in our language that are not spelled the way they sound. So the very best spelling bee champion technique is to see a picture, like on an inner blackboard, see a picture of the word in your mind. And when you talk to spelling bee champions, and I've actually taken photographs of this, of this as well, they kind of look up and it's as if they're looking at the word. They're seeing the entire word and that's how they do it. That's how they're so good and win those championships. Thank you, Pat. I lost you there for a minute. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can now. I, I, I know there was a little bit of a, a delay in there. I'd like to talk to you, too, about children with reading problems. You know, for example, uh, my uh, middle daughter, who goes to school, um, did not want to read for pleasure, and you helped her. She gets straight A's in school. We have three children. Two we homeschool. One goes to school. Uh, and then you also helped my son um, to get his driving permit. And so we're just so happy about that. I was wondering if you could uh, tell us about the reading that every parent should know. Well, the thing that's most important about reading, you know, there's a lot of what they call reading awareness tips out there, and that's what they are. They're awareness tips, for example, and, and everyone on the call knows these. You know, I, I even heard the, the, the previous person speaking about, you know, limiting the television time and reading and wanting your children to read for pleasure and reading to your children when they're young. But one of the most important things that parents need to know is how the world looks through their child's eyes. And they can't know that unless they have a very 
particular kind of eye exam. And I recommend, and I've done this with my own children, and thank goodness I did because it helped my daughter who had some really serious problems when she was young. Um, uh, I, I recommend, there's a, a page on our website that you can get off, uh, get, get from uh, howtolearn.com, and it's on the left, and, and it's called I Read, I Succeed. There's a free inventory there, and it's spelled E-Y-E-I-Q, reading inventory. You want to take your child to a person who is called a developmental optometrist, and they are specially trained for learning-related vision issues. Not only are they a regular optometrist, but the very wonderful thing that they do is to help identify any problems that your child may be having that are roadblocks, say, to their reading success or to their learning success or, say, in the case of your son, Rebecca, uh, he had something very unique uh, and he was told he would not get a driving permit and with this kind of help, he was able to achieve that and also your daughter was given some information that I know previously we had talked about. And this is not something that everyone knows automatically. You want to make sure that your child has this exam, and I recommend that you go to that website. It's uh, covd.org, C like college, and then O like of, and V for vision, and D for development. Dot, I'm sorry, dot not not.com, it's .org, covd.org, and find a doctor in your area who specializes in these learning-related vision exams. I'm a big fan of vision therapy. My daughter's a lefty, and apparently it's just not that uncommon for lefties to have tracking problems. So in other words, she's a really smart gal, and if you heard her reading aloud, sometimes she skips over words or mispronounces them, and you were able to diagnose it very quickly. And it's because... Um, like the, the eye doctor is special, it's a special vision therapist, not a regular eye doctor because she has 20-20 vision. But when the vision therapist tested her and gave her kind of a maze exam where her eyes have to follow a maze, she kept jumping off the track and couldn't get to the center of the maze or get to the bottom of the page. So I, that's kind of a, a new uh, area uh, nowadays is this vision therapy. So I, I sure recommend it. Well, and I do too, and as I said, my daughter had vision therapy back in the first grade, and I am ever so grateful because she could read at age four, and yet when she got into school, she had some of these tracking problems like your daughter did, and uh, at the time, they wanted her to repeat a grade when I knew that she didn't need to repeat the grade, that there was something else going on behind it. And so when I took her to the developmental optometrist, she had the vision therapy. And again, thank goodness, you know, in just a few months here, she's going to graduate from medical school, and that's been her dream for a lifetime. So parents need to know. I, I, one thing I can really give you, you know, a, a tip is listen to your child read out loud. Even turn on a tape recorder so that you have a record of it. You know, and make it age-appropriate and make it a book, something they've not read before, and listen to them. Ask them things like, you know, how they feel when they read. Do they get tired quickly? You know, look for things like Rebecca was just talking about. Is your child skipping lines? Um, for example, when they come to the end of a sentence and there's some punctuation and they just skip right over it, when they're reading out loud, you don't want to think that they're not trying hard enough because it really isn't about that. They are trying. It's just that they actually have some visual perceptual problems and they're not seeing the punctuation. It's not a reading problem. It's a vision problem. Absolutely. It's visual and perceptual. And the good news is that it can be fixed very easily and, I, and this vision therapy is extremely helpful. So that is something, again, in terms of building a foundation for a child if they're having any reading problems. Like you want your child to love to read. And kids who, you know, every child wants to learn to read. But when they start struggling 
you want to make sure that you know how to build up that foundation. So make sure that you do have that eye exam, that particular one, and have one every year because the visual demand gets so high and keeps changing. And then it will really make a difference for your child. Well, Pat, I promised our callers that they could speak with you directly. So if you don't mind, I'd love to um, open up the call and uh, have uh, people talk with you specifically. Uh, callers, uh, Pat is an expert at solving learning challenges. So this is your chance to talk through about learning styles, about how to determine what your child's learning style is. If you have a child who's having a reading challenge or a spelling challenge or, you know, any concerns you're having uh, with your child's learning, uh, boy, this is a chance. I can't tell you how much she charges per hour. We get her for free. So this is your chance <laughs> to speak with America's most trusted learning expert about your child's own personal learning situation. So, Pat, are you ready for us to open up the call? I am, and I'm delighted to answer any questions that I can. And if I don't know the answer, I will let someone know how to find it. Thank you. Appreciate that. Callers, a lot of people on the line. So if you would, um, mute out your personal phone by pressing star six. That will keep the noise down. And then to ask your question uh, and to speak with Pat, you press star six again, and that will also unmute your phone. So here we go. Oh, this is excellent. So nice and quiet. Thank you very much, callers. This is great. So uh, we're ready for the first question, please. Question or comment for Pat Wyman of HowToLearn.com. And, and don't be shy because you have uh, total anonymity. <laughs> we can't see you. We don't know who you are. And your questions really do benefit all of us. So first question for Pat, please. I can hear someone trying to come down. I can see it here. But it's star six is to unmute your phone. Sometimes people hit star six and think that we can hear them, but we can't. So they might have to hit star six again. So this is questions about, you know, your child's writing, any challenges they're having, about spelling, about, you know, dyslexia, uh, special needs students, uh, learning styles. Uh, you know, that's really nice, too. Um, ask Pat uh, how to determine what your child's learning styles and what do you care anyway, whether they're a visual or an auditory or kinesthetic learner. But uh, Hello. It, really, it really does matter. Hello. I have a question. I have a child who is dyslexic and also rather intelligent, and it's very difficult to sort of pitch things because I can't teach them to spell easily at all. Do you have any suggestions? Did you want to repeat the question, Rebecca? Pat, let me repeat that, please. Uh, So she has a child who's intelligent but dyslexic, and she's having a hard time teaching her child spelling. I'm just wondering if you have any suggestions. Well, I absolutely do. It turns out... Oh, I am so sorry for that noise there. I apologize. Uh, It turns out that children who are dyslexic think in pictures. That's why people like Michelangelo, for example, were so creative and artistic. They have all these wonderful talents uh, because they think in pictures and they can see things from so many different perspectives. However, when they start to read, what happens is the dyslexic child becomes disoriented, literally. Sometimes they even get sick to their stomach because there are so many words on a page like the that have no picture meaning to them at all. So they don't even conjure up a picture. So in terms of spelling for a child who is dyslexic, the spelling strategy that is in this course, the How to Win the School Game and other places on our website, tells you exactly how to teach your child to make a picture of that word in their mind. And with your child, again, this is, this is true for every child and your dyslexic child as well, Um, And, in fact, both of my children and I have a certain form of dyslexia, so I am a little more than, you know, I'm very empathetic with this. Uh, What you want to do is make sure that you teach your child how to see the word in their mind and make an image out of it so that they can retrieve it and recall it. 
and the, the strategies for that are very, very, very simple, and it will make all the difference in the world. And by the next call, I know that you'll be saying, oh, my child can spell now very, very easily. Well, um, Pat, that was going to be my question for you. My son is a sophomore. He has all these tests coming up, and they include writing sections. Um, he's an uh, auditory learner, and because of that, we, we encourage him. He listens to a lot of audio books, but he's a terrible speller. You know, learning the Latin roots seem to really help him, and also prefixes and suffixes have helped. But I was wondering if you had any suggestions for me on how I can help him improve his handwriting and also um, his uh, spelling. Well, with the spelling, as I said, the spelling bee champions never sound these words out. They don't rely on, on many of the things that we just heard. They rely on a picture of a word. And I'll give you an example. Let's say we'll take, and I always use this one because it's such an easy one, the word yacht, you know, like the big beautiful boat. It's Y-A-C-H-T. And if a person tries to sound that out, they're most likely going to sound it out as Y-A-T. And that isn't going to work. So what you want to do for your son and the woman who was talking about her dyslexic child and any other child who wants to make sure that they become an excellent speller there's a, like I said, there's a series of strategies to go through to do this. But what you want to do is write out the word, the entire word, on a card, and I recommend it on a colored card with no lines, and use a thin-tipped marker. So, for example, take that word yacht, write it out with a thin-tipped marker, and do this. The, the letters that sound exactly like they're spelled, like the Y and the A and the T, you can put those in one color. The ones that do not sound like they're spelled, you can put them in a different color. So just as an example, put the Y and the A and the T in green, and let's say put the C and the H in, you know, yellow or something else like that. And do this on an unlined piece of construction paper or, you know, just, just a regular 8.5 by 11 card that you've sort of made in about 3 inches high. Do that. Hold it up above eye level. It's as if they're at the movies. They can pretend they're at the movies now. You know how children remember everything? Rebecca, about the movies, they can tell you about all those pictures that they saw in the movies? Yes. And sometimes children will read one or two pages and they'll forget what they just read. Mm. Have you ever seen those situations before? Uh, yeah, with myself as well. Well, the reason that happens is because when someone is reading, often they're not making images in their mind. And good readers who remember what they read quickly make a movie out of what they just read. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really quite simple. It's just like going to the movies, and you sort of become a mini movie maker. So in the spelling area, what you want to do is pretend you're at the movies, and you're going to look up above eye level with this card where you have this word written, and you're going to snap a picture of it in your mind, just like your eyes are a camera. And you're going to snap this picture, but again, it's really important that, be, that it be above eye level because that puts you in what we call the visual learning mode, and that's very, very important. So do that, snap the picture, and then take the card away and then have your child write the word down on paper and have them look back up and ask this question, you know, am I, am I certain that that is the picture that I just snapped in my mind? And if the answer is yes, and of course you're looking at it so you know, that's wonderful. And if the answer is no, then you can go back and you can kind of decorate up whichever letters they need to decorate to make sure that the next time they write it down they are completely successful. And you can start out with one or two words or three words. You know, you don't want to start out with 30. You want to guarantee success. I always want to make sure 
with any learning strategy that any, every child is successful. Now, I can see this method working well for a younger child with a spelling list, but, you know, my son's in high school, so he's writing an essay, and I swear there's three words in every sentence that he hasn't spelled correctly, and if I make him put every one of those words on an index card, I'm going to have a mutiny on my hands. <laughs> so, I mean, what can I do for the older child who doesn't want to spend the time to write it and decorate each card? Do I have him correct that spelling and then still take a mental snapshot of the correct spelling and then put his eyes up and file that in his you know, mental filing cabinet? Well, you're, believe it or not, this particular strategy, I have worked with adults on this, older children, high school children, and adults. And when, when people experience difficulty, like you said, one sentence, there might be three words that are spelled incorrectly, if, if you want to take that few extra minutes, and really in the end, it will save time. You know, it might seem like a lot of time in the beginning, and you brought up a good point. It might seem like a few extra minutes in the beginning, and you said, oh, my son will have a mutiny on your hands. <laughs> you don't want that. But what you do want is success. So if you ask your child to do that for a few times, and then it will become habitual. In other words, they don't have to go through that process every single time. They can do it mentally. So just ask them to start out with a few words, Mm -hmm. and then they have it sort of mentally in their mind how to do it, and they don't have to go through the card and the colors and all of that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And does it help to um, to kind of learn suffixes and prefixes and these Latin roots? Well, you know, kids who are spelling bee champions often do that for, for various reasons with because the words are, as you know, they're incredibly unique words. But once again, learning the prefixes and the suffixes does help. However, I have to continue to emphasize that they still see a picture of the word in their mind. That is how they remember it. That's what's going on in their brain and in those neural pathways, I was thinking an image. I was thinking it might help break up the word a little bit, you know, because ing is always the same, pre is always the same, you know, that ed mm-hmm. is kind of always the same. Right, but you just don't want to do it by sound. You want to do it by picture. Even, even an auditory learner. Absolutely. In fact, more so for an auditory learner and a kinesthetic learner than anyone okay. because the people who have the most difficulty on spelling they need a model, they need a mentor, they need a blueprint. For, and good spellers are using a visual strategy, and that's what you have to do. That's why you said my son's an auditory learner, and also that's true for generally for kinesthetic learners as well. Um, if you go on howtolearn.com and you take that free learning styles inventory and find out how your child learns best. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, the children who are auditory and kinesthetic mostly, those are the children that are having the most difficulty with those spelling words. So the most incredible thing and gift you can give your child is to say, okay, you are an incredible auditory kinesthetic learner. You have lots and lots of gifts. And, and I, and I mean to say and, this Strategy. This particular picture-taking strategy is the one that you want to use for spelling. You want to add that because that's what spelling bee champions do. They have this visual strategy. So all they're going to be doing is adding a little something to their toolbox, you know, just a little extra technique that will help them succeed in spelling. So maybe just... Not do all the incorrect words, but some of them. And also when my children were younger, I wanted them to love writing, and they do. So I just let them um, write and write and write and write. And I didn't correct it myself. I didn't have them correct it. And I'm thinking now maybe is the time to uh, teach them how to edit it, that there's no shame in editing. Is that, you know, before I send out any email, I write it out, and then I go back and I reread it before I push the send button, and I see lots of different typos. So maybe even having them kind of go over their work too, teaching them to do a you know a quick edit of everything. 
And that's a really good technique to do a quick edit, especially when they're taking those written tests as well and when they're doing those essays. And the thing that's important for them to understand is when they're coming across those words, even those, you know, spell checkers on the computers, they're good, but they're not that good because there's so many words, you know, that could be incorrect in the essay and yet correct on the spell checker. That's right, or the wrong kind of there. Right, exactly. <laughs> so they have to know that that's the case. And then the best thing to do is to ask. Ask themselves. Read each sentence out loud if they're writing an essay. I mean, at home. You know, reading, read it out loud. What about for handwriting? Do you know of any good programs that are just kind of easy? You know, because now, I mean, now I've got a big kid. You know, he's almost 16. And I'm thinking, you know, he just may have to go back and redo every letter and then form words. I mean, do you know if any strategies or tricks for improving handwriting? Well, now, that's one of those questions where I said if I didn't have a specific answer, I would find it for you, and I will. I will get the answer for you. I do have a son with dysgraphia, and dysgraphia is a is considered to be a, a learning, you know, a disability, and his handwriting isn't likely to change except with some, you know, forever. He's now graduated from college. And there were accommodations made for him in terms of the handwriting area. Now, when a child has poor handwriting, if you can use a computer, that helps. But in terms of how, you have to kind of decide how important is this in life, I don't think it is. It's only important now with all these tests. Well, it is, and there's some, like I said, there's there's these accommodations, and a lot of people don't know about them. Well, can, tell us about those, would you please? Yes, because if your child has a particular need, for example, like my son does with the dysgraphia, uh, you can have someone else do the writing while you dictate it, you know, you know the information and you're just dictating it, or you can dictate it into a tape recorder, or if you happen to be, you know, a good typist, you, you can do it on the computer keyboard rather than having a handwritten essay. But you have to ask well in advance for those accommodations. And as I said, a lot of people don't know that they're available, and they are available. And one good thing is if you have a child who has something that's very serious, like dysgraphia, you would want to go to your family doctor, have your family doctor write a note to the testing agency or the school or the principal or the teacher and request a special accommodation for that child so that they don't have to handwrite because you don't want to have them penalized. In that case, you want to have them succeed. So sometimes your family doctor can be of great help in that area. And then you just have to ask well in advance. Like if someone is taking the PSAT or the SAT, yes. and that's an issue, then talk to your family doctor, get a note that says, you know, this is the issue, and we want a special accommodation for the handwriting section of this test. But just remember to do it quite a bit in advance. You can't do it the last couple of weeks before the test. You, you want know, to I might look into that because my son has a macular degeneration, and with homeschooling it isn't a big deal, but on, suddenly on these tests it might be, and I would hate to have him penalized. Right, and that's, you want him to succeed, and he has a very legitimate form of something that could be considered to be a roadblock to his you know, success on these tests. Not that he doesn't know the information. He just has to be able to demonstrate it in a certain way. So if you set up what's called the accommodation well ahead of time, well ahead of the test, um, there are federal laws in place, and they're just equal access for everyone, that will insist that he get special accommodations. And so... Like I said, there are many ways. He could dictate the information to someone. He could dictate it into a recorder. He could have someone else do the handwriting for him. There's multiple ways that he could be accommodated for that, and he will then be successful. 
and will not have to struggle with the handwriting issue. You know, thank you, Pat. I'm going to look into that. Um, callers, let's open up the line again because we've all been, sh- I've been sharing my heart openly. So, <laughs> so feel free to air your own laundry as well. Does any, the line is open now. Callers, would you like to speak with Pat? Uh, Rebecca, I was hearing a bit of an echo there. Yes, that's because there's so many people on the line. And I'll be able to get it quiet, but callers, um, feel free. They're speaking with Pat Wyman. Hi, I have a question. Yes, go ahead, and then I'll repeat it. Yes, I have a daughter who's A, and she's been in speech therapy for a year. And we homeschool, and she was tested by a public school academically and scored average for her age, and she doesn't have some somewhat of a problem of um, pronouncing words, but it comes about with language. Like if I say, repeat the sentence after me, she can only repeat two or three words. Do you have, and she is going to a speech therapist right now, but do you have any other resources that I could be doing at home as a homeschooler besides taking her to the speech therapist? Yes, that is a great question. Did you want to repeat it? No, that was just so good. I think we I got it clear enough. Go ahead and answer. Okay. Um, actually, there are a number of programs on the market for things that you can be doing at home in that area. One of the first things you might want to do is talk to your speech therapist, your speech and language therapist. Um, I need to ask, do you mind giving me your first name? Jennifer. I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. Jennifer. Jennifer. Um, your speech and language therapist, is your speech and language therapist working uh, out of the public school or is this a private speech and language therapist? Private. Okay, well, the first thing you want to do is ask that therapist what programs he or she knows about to, that you can do some additional work at home. But there are programs, if you look online, uh, one of them I know is called Brain Skills, and it's a, a PACE, P-A-C-E program. You can look at that particular one and talk to your speech and language therapist about it. There's another one called Linda Mood Bell. Is that if... L-I-N-D-A-M-O-O-D, Bell, Linda Mood Bell program. Uh, again, talk to your speech and language therapist because you certainly want to be working with the things that your child needs. And I want to make a, another comment to you about the testing that was done. Uh, and I have a question, so maybe if you could just answer it. You said that you had the testing done in the public school. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Now, the speech and language therapist that you're going to, uh, did they do any additional testing? Did they do what kind of testing? Any additional testing to what was done in the public school? Um, yes. Okay, good. That's very, very, very important because... The testing that is done typically in the public school systems is not as comprehensive as you might want it to be because they are looking for, uh, you know, sort of a, a window, let's just call it, a window of how many years below level in a certain thing a child might be. Um, and, and the test is not always as comprehensive as it could be. So I generally recommend that you take your child to a private speech and language specialist and have a full battery of tests done because the public schools often do not have the resources to do the complete battery that's actually needed. Because you mentioned a couple of things in there about remembering two or three words in an entire sentence and that's an auditory sequencing problem that your speech and language therapist will work on, but you could also be working on that at home. Okay, okay great. great. Does that help, help you? you? Yes, yeah, and it's, it's called Brain Quest. Uh, one, one of them is called Brain Skills. 
Say, say that again, Pat. Brain skills, S-K-I-L-L-S, and, and, the, and the, the word, there's another part of it called PACE, P like Paul, A like Apple, C like Cat, E like Edward. And you might look into that one, and you might look into Linda Mood Bell. But my best recommendation is that you ask your speech and language specialist which program is better for your child. Thank you very much. You're very You're welcome. welcome. Uh, Pat, we're out of time, but before we close, you have so many um, helpful books and products and information on howtolearn.com. Would you mention some of these, please, for our callers? Well, I've done something very, very special. Um, we have on howtolearn.com a free personal learning styles inventory, and that's right on the home page. You can find out how your child learns best. There's also a free what is called EYE IQ reading inventory. You can get two from the home page, and it says I read, I succeed in the left nav section. Um, that free inventory is the one you download and you listen to your child read out loud. And then just for the callers that we're, we're talking with tonight, this new program with the eight audio CDs and the manual that goes with it, the one that gives the foundational strategies that are very practical in all the areas we talked about, I did something just for the people that we're speaking with tonight, and that program is a $227 program. And what I've done just until January 30th, because I knew we would be having this telephone conference tonight, and also, you know, it's something that can make a difference for your child very, very quickly. So... If you look on that page, howtolearn.com forward slash coachingstudents.html, which you can also get to from the home page on that left nav bar, um, I've reduced that price substantially to $99 for parents because I know it's after Christmas and I'm a mom myself with two kids and I know you want to be sure that you budget very, very carefully and I also know that there are strategies in there to help parents and kids quickly. So that's something else that we've done. And then there are a number of other things on how to learn, Rebecca. There's the, the book Learning Versus Testing that very fortunately became a bestseller in the last year, and that has a number of strategies in it. And there are just so many other things. That's There's lots of book, Pat. articles. Pat? Yes. That Learning Versus Testing, I think that that's really an important book. Because if you have an auditory or kinesthetic kid, uh, it helps. You know, these tests are visual tests, and learning the classroom is primarily visual. And that book was really excellent about helping you uh, bridge their natural learning style and helping them perform uh, like a visual learner. Well, thank you, Rebecca. And, you know, the How to Win the School Game with the audios and the manual makes it both auditory and visual, and it's also very personalized in the sense that there's the real parents and kids on those calls, and you'll be getting all of those strategies plus many, many more um, in addition to what's in the learning versus testing book. And I think that that's particularly helpful if you have a different learner and also the high school student because suddenly you're preparing them for college or for going out in the real world or for taking these tests and suddenly um, it is a school game, you know, and, and really get, school is just a game, and these tests are just a game, and once you kind of uh, know the strategies and the rules, it sure makes it a lot easier. Well, I love the way that you put that, and that, that's really how I feel about it. It's like any other game, you know. It's no different than basketball or baseball or soccer. You know, you have to know the rules of the game, and there are specific rules and there's ways to play. And what you don't want is if you have a child who learns a little bit differently than how they're going to be tested, you want success. So you don't want to put a child on a basketball field and tell them that they have to play baseball. And I think this is very important, too, for a child who's been homeschooled who now wants to go into school and try it or, um, you know, transfer in, you know, don't just throw them in, my goodness, set them up for success. 
you know, teach them what this is, well, what this game is going to be like and give them these skills so that they can succeed and, and go into school um, up and running. Absolutely. That is the most important thing. And every child can succeed and really, really deserves to succeed. And with those strategies, and they're just, if you knew how simple and quick and easy they were to use, um, I think you'd be really happy because I know I talk to parents every day and they email all the time that their children were struggling and all of a sudden now they're in this situation where they are going out into the world and into school settings and other areas and they're able to succeed because of those strategies. Well, thank you very much, Pat. Uh, this is the last interview this week for our Homeschool.com's 2007 Winter Homeschooling Teleconference. Boy, it's been fantastic information. Uh, we've spoken uh, with Mark Crothers about the importance of advanced placement exams for your high school student. Uh, we spoke with Dr. Mick Hall about Let's Stop Illness Now, excellent information about doing a body cleanse. Uh, we spoke with Dr. Bruce Fife about the miracle of coconut oil. They wouldn't let them off the lines. There are so many testimonials for people using coconut oil um, as an antibiotic, um, as they're on their skin, uh, to lose weight, I mean, you, you name it. And then we had a fascinating interview with Dr. Cooney Beasley on how to finish a textbook in half the time with twice the comprehension. Boy, I mean, you're going to want notepaper for that interview. It was really terrific. I'm using it with my son. He said, boy, don't use the high school biology book. Get that college-level biology book. And then he has a special note-taking system for chapter-by-chapter chapter that gives him such excellent uh, uh, knowledge and retention about it, and then they can go and take these exams. But really a terrific interview. You're not going to want to miss that. And then uh, we spoke with Gail DiGiulio on ways to make your homeschooling more fun, information on how to create your own board games for your children. And then a terrific interview with Craig Davis, how to create your own video game and digital art and music. Very hard to find information. I can't tell you how many thank you notes I've received for that a particular interview. If you have a child who wants to become a video game designer or do digital music or digital art, um, this is um, the information that you're looking for. His classes are $40 each. You take them online, and it's really, really terrific. My son took uh, Video Game Design 101 and loved it, and he's going to go all the way through this series. And I don't know where I would have found this information anywhere else. And then earlier today, we spoke with Joanne Calderwood on how to help your child ace the SAT and other exams. And, of course, we've been speaking with one of our favorite guests and one of my favorite people, um, Pat Wyman, about how to win the school game. So callers, I'm going to open up the line, and if you would, please unmute your phone, star six, so you can join me in saying thank you and goodbye to our guest, Pat Wyman. Thank you so much, Pat, for your time. I know what a busy traveling schedule you have and all of your consulting and coaching, and we sure appreciate your advice today. Well, thank you, Rebecca. It has just been wonderful, and if there's anything else I can do, just let me know. Appreciate it. And they can email you too, can't they? Do you want to give out your uh, email address? Do you feel comfortable with that? Oh, certainly. I, I get emails every day. Uh, it's Pat Wyman at howtolearn.com. P A T W Y M A N at how, H O W T O L E A R N dot com. I almost needed your spelling strategy. <laughs> thank you very much. 